Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of diagnosis of pregnancy found under the obstetrics section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 24-year-old G0P0 comes to clinic for 9 weeks of amenorrhea, nausea, and bloating. She does not endorse spotting. She has no medical history. Menarche began at age 12, and she typically has her menstrual cycle every 28 to 35 days. She is sexually active with her boyfriend and uses barrier protection inconsistently. Her temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Blood pressure is 114 over 78. Pulse is 70 beats per minute. And respirations are 14 breaths per minute. A serum HCG test is positive, and a transvaginal ultrasound demonstrates a gestational sac. Let's continue with an introduction to diagnosis of pregnancy. As a general overview, diagnosis of pregnancy is made based on any one of the following. A human chorionic gonadotropin detection on urine or blood, an ultrasound exam, and a Doppler ultrasound exam, which may detect a fetal cardiac activity. Moving on to the presentation, a patient's history will typically include sexual activity without adequate and consistent contraception, the patient may think that she is pregnant, and there may be a positive home pregnancy test. The most common symptoms include amenorrhea, breast tenderness and enlargement, nausea with or without vomiting, fatigue, and increased urinary frequency. On exam, one may note a globular and enlarged uterus. At 6 to 8 weeks, it will be the size of a small pear. At 8 to 10 weeks, it may be the size of an orange. At 10 to 12 weeks, it may be the size of a grapefruit. At 12 weeks, the uterus can be palpated abdominally, and at 16 weeks, the uterus is palpable halfway between the symphysis pubis and the umbilicus. There will be cervical softening at 6 weeks, bluish mucous membranes called Chadwick sign at 8 to 12 weeks, and one may also note larger and tender breasts, darker areolas, and the linea nigra. In terms of further imaging, ultrasound is indicated for the diagnosis of pregnancy and it helps to confirm that the pregnancy is intrauterine. View should be of transvaginal ultrasound. Findings at four and a half to five weeks will demonstrate a gestational sac. At five to six weeks, there will be a yolk sac. At five and a half to six weeks, there may be a fetal pole. At 10 to 12 weeks, one may note fetal cardiac activity. Remember that the presence of a gestational sac on ultrasound has about a 53% sensitivity and 98% specificity. Doppler ultrasound exam is indicated to detect the fetal cardiac activity. This will also identify early fetal malformations. Specific views should be transabdominal. Specific findings include a hypervascular rim around the corpus luteum and changes in the uterine artery pulsatility index. In terms of further studies, serum labs should include a human chorionic gonadotropin. This is more sensitive than a urine test and is preferred when the menstrual period is one or less weeks late. The earliest detection is six days after ovulation, and it cannot be used to estimate the gestational age beyond three weeks. Urine labs include a urine HCG. The earliest detection would be 12 to 15 days after ovulation. A home pregnancy test is highly accurate, but should be confirmed with imaging or medical-grade HCG test. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about a uterine fibroid, which will present with an asymmetric uterus. Think about pseudocyesis which presents with an unshakable belief of pregnancy 
in spite of medical evidence towards the contrary. Also think about a molar pregnancy. Key distinguishing factors include an absent or malformed fetal tissue on ultrasound. Complications related to pregnancy include an ectopic pregnancy. Remember that this occurs in approximately 2% of all pregnancies. Risk factors include the history of an ectopic pregnancy, damage to fallopian tubes, and pelvic infection. Treatment is with methotrexate or surgery. Another complication is hyperemesis gravidarum. This occurs in approximately 3% of pregnancies. Risk factors include multiple pregnancies, history of nausea and vomiting of pregnancy, history of motion sickness, and history of migraines. Treatment is with lifestyle changes, vitamin B6 and doxylamine, and antiemetic drugs. Another complication is spontaneous abortion. This occurs in approximately 10% of pregnancies. Risk factors include advanced maternal age and history of early pregnancy loss. And finally, treatment for spontaneous abortion is expectant management, vaginal mesoprostol or mifepristone, and surgical uterine evacuation. That's all for this review about diagnosis of pregnancy. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.